Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. You're listening to the BBM Global Network with 25 years in broadcast audio and video production. Our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at bbmglobalnetwork.com. The BBM Global Network, your voice is now heard. Welcome to My Strategy with author and personal growth coach John M. Hawkins. John will provide coaching and inspiration, motivation and advice on your personal development in order to help you with the best decision making possible. So now please welcome the host of My Strategy, John M. Hawkins. Hello, everyone. My name is John M. Hawkins. The show is called My Strategy, and we're coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and Tune In Radio. Very happy to be here with you today. My strategy radio shows are live on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Today, we're going to be talking about the toxic culture. In this episode, we're going to be talking about toxic workplace culture. It's a huge problem in business in many organizations, and lots of companies are choosing to ignore it. We're going to talk about how you can identify some signs of bad company culture. We're going to look at the research and data behind some of these toxic trends. We're also going to look for ways to fix the toxic culture and finally share strategies to help you build a toxic-free workforce. Well, very happy to be here with you today. Saturday is a great day of the week to reflect on your strategy. It's the day of the week I choose to reflect on my strategy. The My Strategy radio show continues to grow. We're available on iHeart, iTunes, Player FM, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spreaker, and many more digital platforms. So if you miss this episode or can't listen to the whole thing or want to go listen to one of the podcasts of any of the other shows, they're available out there. Quick Google search should bring them up. You can find me on most social media platforms. My Twitter handle is at HawkinsJohn. That's at HawkinsJohn. And my website is JohnMHawkins.com. That's JohnMHawkins.com. And just like anything in life, we need to have a strategy and a plan to help us reach our goals because the best laid plans don't always work. Now, this week, I am looking for your stories on workplace toxicity. Do you have a good example or perhaps a tip or a trick? If you do, I'd love to hear about it. Now, you can send it to talk at johnmhawkins.com. That's talk at johnmhawkins.com. Well, this week, uh, as I'd stated earlier, we're talking about the toxic work culture. So we're going to be talking about this problem in more detail. We're going to talk about some of the elements of toxic work culture, like ostracism, incivility, harassment, bullying, and more. We're going to talk about ways that you can identify signs of a bad company culture in the interview process. So before you ever 
hire on to an organization. We're going to give you some tips on how you can identify whether or not it's a toxic culture. And I think this is going to be very important because many times you're so nervous, excited, all these different feelings when you're interviewing for a new job and you ignore some of these signs. Well, I can tell you from personal experience, I would much rather have known that an organization was toxic and avoided it rather than going to work for it. We're then going to talk about some of the research on the hundreds of companies that show toxic cultures and the different characteristics. So this is a maturity level, so to speak, where you've got to think of it as a star rating, one to five. Those organizations that get one are the most toxic. Those that have five are the least toxic. And those are the elite organizations. I'm going to break down some of those, some of those categorizations for you. We're going to talk about ways you can help fix a broken company culture. And keeping in mind, this show is all about personal development. It's all about your personal strategy. And while some of these tips are designed for HR and for organizational management and the leadership, it's very important that the employees understand it because employees have the ability to affect change. So I want you to know all about those. All right, so today we're talking about toxic work culture. We're also going to talk about ways to address it. I've got an article here by Susan M. Heathfield. Susan wrote an article. Starts out by saying toxic work culture is a huge problem in business, one that many choose to ignore because they feel that addressing the issue would make no difference. What makes a workplace toxic? Researchers Amna Amjun, Zhu Ming, Ahmed Fazl, Siddiqui, and Sama Faz Rasal identified four specific characteristics in a toxic workplace. Four characteristics are ostracism, incivility, harassment, and bullying. The Human Resources Department should work to tackle toxic behavior, even if other people don't think that this does any good. You talk about why you should fight against all four of those negative elements and how to do it. I think it's also important that not every HR department is equipped or in some cases they are complacent with the toxic culture. And in that case, by becoming aware and learning all about it, we are going to be able to provide coaching perhaps to our HR departments. Number one, they say. Ostracism. Work, workplace ostracism is the perception that you're being left out or ignored by your peers. This doesn't have to be a literal case of your coworkers excluding you. It could be simply that it is your perception. For example, other team members go out for drinks on Thursday night and don't invite you. It is because they're ostracizing you. Or is it because you said something like, I'm going straight home after work? So they believe they're not needed to invite you. Now, I know we're in these different times and um, we really don't aren't going into the office for many of us, at least myself. So it might be a little bit different type of ostracism, but ostracism is one of them. Second type, according to this study, is incivility. While ostracism is often accidental, incivility is a deliberate attack on people. Researchers Christine Poreth and Christine Pearson found that incivility breeds negativity. In some cases, retaliation along with damage to customer relationships and even a decrease in workers' creativity and effort. Incivility is destructive for business. This one's a little bit more obvious, but uh, incivility is something that we might find from time to time. Harassment. You might think of harassment as only relating to sexual harassment, but it can take on many forms. Harassment is illegal if it violates the principles of the Title VII of the Civil Rights Act or some other legally protected employee classification. You cannot harass someone based on their race, sex, religion, age, orientation, gender identity, pregnancy status. Otherwise, you are breaking the law. Besides demoralizing the victim, this type of behavior puts the company at legal risk. And finally, bullying. The other three types of toxic behaviors described above can occur as part of bullying. Anjan et al. says bullying includes 
criticism, blaming, social isolation, humiliation, joking, and excessive monitoring of an employee, adding that it is not only limited to bosses, but peers, subordinates, and colleagues. The article goes on to talk about some ways that you can help fix the problem, report the misconduct, document the behavior, consult your employee policies, find an ally, and seek medical attention. They say that toxic workplaces can cause problems and make employees' lives miserable. Make sure to be aware of the different elements that comprise it and take the appropriate measure to temper your toxicity in the workplace. So those are some ideas from Susan M. Heathfield with regard to toxic culture and how you can address it. You're listening to my strategy. I am your host, John M. Hawkins, coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and Tune In Radio. When we come back, we're going to talk about ways that you can identify if an organization is toxic in the interview process. You're not going to want to miss this. We'll be right back. Dr. R.C. will share extraordinary resources and services that promote educational success as well as making a difference in the lives of all social workers as well as the lives of children, adolescents, and teens of today. She will have open discussions addressing many of the issues that we face about our youth and how being employed in the uniquely skilled profession of social work for over 18 years has taught invaluable lessons through her personal experiences. She will also provide real-life facts, examples, and personal stories that will confirm that why serving as a child advocate is extremely beneficial when addressing the needs of the whole child. Listen live Saturdays, 10 a.m. Eastern on the BBM Global Network and tune in radio as Dr. R.C. will provide thought-provoking information that will empower, encourage, and strengthen students, families, and communities across our nation. You can also visit her at soarwithkatie.com. Have you ever felt like no one is listening or you're not getting the honest attention you deserve? Do you even know the kind of attention you want or need? You are not alone. Alice Aspen March is here to help. Thanks to Alice, through her epiphany and research over the word attention, there are solutions to the attention dilemma. Worldwide audiences have been enthralled and engaged for over 40 years with her visionary and pioneering observations. The kind of attention we get and give is vital to improving our lives and society. Alice and her weekly guests review game-changing insights for transforming and improving our understanding of attention, providing techniques for creating healthier and empowering behavior. Get a new perspective on a mainstream word. Tune into Why Our Attention Matters for fresh and thought-provoking conversations every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern on BoldBraveMedia.com and the TuneIn Radio app. Hello and welcome back, everyone. I'm John M. Hawkins. The show is called My Strategy, and we're coming live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Very happy to be here with you. My Strategy uh, episodes are live on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Today we're talking about the toxic work culture. Right before the break, we were talking about some of the elements that define the toxic workplace culture. And I just have to say that uh, from personal experience, if you are going through this, it is no fun. And I know where you are. And I hope that as we go through this episode, you can find hope. I want you to feel that this is not something that you have to live with or deal with. And I would like you to feel that there is a personal strategy that you can develop to get you out of the situation. So that being said, uh, in this segment, I want to talk a little bit about unmistakable signs of a bad company culture. What if you could avoid working for a company that did have a toxic culture altogether? And this is because you were able to pick up on some things in the interview process. So there's some telltale signs in the interview process that can uh, give you some indicators. There's also other unmistakable signs once you start working at the organization. So I've got an article here by Joanna Zambas. 
Let's see. Unmistakable signs of a bad company culture. Zamba starts out by saying, interviewing is hard. Your mind is focused on getting through the tedious process without messing up. I'm praying that the employer will like you. You happily accept the job offer without stopping to think if you actually like the company you're interviewing for. Did you notice that the receptionist was moody? That there was a pile of boxes scattered all over the floor? The employer had you wait 30 minutes, although you were right on time. Your nerves and desperation may stop you from noticing these telltale signs of a bad company culture. More often than not, the interview is seamless and the cracks don't appear to start until after you officially started the job. Before committing yourself to being eternally unhappy, read through the list below and identify any toxic work environments before you start. Number one, she says, is a strange interview process. Believe it or not, some companies do not give the employees the chance to interview with the head of the department that they will be working with. They also researched interviews a number of times with different candidates and hire other members without an official interview. If you fall into any of these circumstances, it's best to avoid the company altogether. It means they are not organized and do not have a clear structure. These tips are according to Joanna Zambas. Two, sense of boredom and unhappiness. Do you look around the office and see a sea of sad faces staring out the window, wishing they had a better life? If so, alarm bells should be ringing in your head. You wouldn't want to be the person desperately waiting for the clock to hit 5.30 so you can go home for the day. Instead, the office environment should feel upbeat, positive, and you should enjoy being there. Number three, the company believes their perks are culture. Many companies think they've nailed company culture because they have a fancy ping pong table, offer free catered lunches. Yet they fail to notice the group of people near the water machine complaining about their workload, bad managers every morning. Don't be fooled by the perks and look what the actual environment is like. No flexibilities, no flexibility. Many employees will need a few hours off here or there to go to the dentist or doctor's appointment without wanting to chip in a full day. Without wanting to chip into a full day off. But some employers lack the empathy to offer their staff flexibility when they truly need it. Messy office is another telltale sign. Run away. Office clicks. There are a group of cool kids that have insider jokes, whisper in the corner, and take frequent breaks together. Sadly, you're not invited to be part of their group. Now, I should state that the author here has transitioned from the interview process to the office process. Too much competition. A new position is opened up in your department and you've applied for it, but so has your best friend. Instead of following a correct interview procedure, your manager asks you to battle it out by competing different tasks so they can decide who to choose. What about a boss that's a bully? That's number eight. If your boss makes sexist comments, like I'm surprised you managed that seeing you are a fill in the gender, or is constantly ridiculing a member of the team by shouting at them in front of everyone, you're better off without them. This kind of behavior will knock confidence and hinder your chances of moving forward. Your ideas are not taken into consideration one of your peers is completely disregarding any feedback or ideas you're offering them. It's a clear sign of bad company culture. Broken promises. Promises made. Promises easily broken. Toxic culture. Relevant is lack of process and leadership. Employees dropping like flies. Leaving the organization. Employees aren't even hitting their one-year mark before deciding to call it quits and jump the ship. Gossip girls, do you remember the gossip queen in high school that spread everyone's business? Fortunately, adult life isn't much better. Voided. Lack of respect. A one-way street. No full job description. 
the job description is vague and no one can explain what success in your role will look like, might be a good idea to run the other direction. Accepting a position with clear responsibilities and expectations is like accepting a position without clear responsibilities and expectations is like stepping off a ledge and hoping there are cushions at the bottom to save you. No praise. You've done an excellent job and landed a big deal with a client. You don't even get a thank you. You might have joined, just joined the company and are smashing it, but aren't aware of your success because management hasn't told you. 18 is overworked employees. There's always one employee that just simply works faster than the rest. If this happens to you and you're in a company with a bad culture, you'll end up taking on others' responsibilities and getting no additional compensation. Lack of communication is another one. Lack of communication similar signifies a non-existent, strong, and viable corporate culture. Lack of team spirit is 20. The hierarchy. Low pay, no benefits. Lunch is for layabouts. It comes to lunchtime, but no one is getting up and taking a break. Either everyone is too busy or the executives expect you to work through lunchtime. Constant humiliation. A bad reputation. The internet makes great reputation check easier than ever. Check sites like Glassdoor for reviews to get an idea if you are working for a company with a toxic environment. The author says, a broken culture makes everything harder due to the office politics, the unnecessary rules, the dark, fearful energy that flows through the workplace and bogs everyone down. To avoid being part of a rotten wheel, look out for Evident signs mentioned above. You're listening to My Strategy. I'm your host, John M. Hawkins, coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of the research into toxic cultures. We'll be right back. What if there were a super tiny device that could diagnose the brain and is smaller than a single human hair? What if you could see inside the brain to help an epilepsy patient during surgery or to help the fight against Parkinson's disease? Dr. Patricia Broderick is proud to announce the Broderick Probe, a biomedical and electronic breakthrough. Imagine a probe to help with the understanding and potential cure of brain-related diseases. To learn more, listen live to the Easy Sense Radio Show with host Dr. Broderick, Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Bold Brave Media Network and TuneIn Radio. And to help support the Broderick Foundation, please go to Easy EasySense.com and learn how, with your help, we can fight these horrific brain disorders. That's EasySense.com to learn more and help support the Broderick Foundation. If you seek a courageous advocate, prepare to champion your rights with consumer service agencies that support aging populations, Carol Ann Hamilton is the one for you. Carol Ann is an elder care coach, author, and speaker with a quarter million hours lived experience successfully supporting unculpable aging parents. As a result of a challenging journey, Carol Ann revolutionizes how stressed out caregivers restore serenity to their worlds. She also brings over 25 years of change management expertise in Fortune 500 settings to catalyze urgent transformation within the elder care industry. Carol Ann is a popular speaker at conferences across North America. She has appeared via TV, radio, and print globally. Now you can tune in weekly to get a dose of her inspiration plus down-to-earth advice to cope with even the most difficult aging parents. Listen Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern on Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. Hello and welcome back, everyone. I'm John M. Hawkins. The show is my strategy. We're coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Right before the break, we were talking about unmistakable signs of a bad company culture. In this segment, I want to talk about some research that was done with hundreds of companies that showed toxic cultures have certain characteristics. What I'm be talking about is, is um, what you can call a maturity model. Or if you want to think about it in simpler terms, it's think about it in terms of the star ratings one star rating, two star ratings, three, four, five star ratings. 
It's very similar in nature. And basically, at the bottom, the one star, you are at the most toxic level. And as you go up and increment in stars, up to five, go to the highest level, you um, become elite, the best of the best. There's no way to improve your company culture. I've got an article here from Inc. Magazine. John Eads is the author, also podcaster. You can find him at John Eads. It's got an article that says, research on hundreds of companies show toxic cultures have these characteristics. Elite cultures, that's the five-star ones, the top of the top, often look like magic. It turns out they're not, he says. Toxic cultures often look helpless, and he says they just might be. So John goes on to talk about some of the companies out there that are super stellar. Companies like Southwest Airlines, Chick-fil-A, or Movement Mortgage, he states, all share distinction of great financial and cultural success beyond knowing what these organizations are. If you want to reproduce their thriving culture within your organization, it's important to know, know what culture is in the first place. Dan Coyle, author of The Culture Code, says this about culture. While successful culture can look and feel like magic, the truth is it's not. Culture is a set of living relationships working towards a shared goal. It's not something you are. It's something you do. He goes on to say, here is where culture gets interesting. Every organization or team has a culture. It's constantly evolving and changing whether they know it or not. I think it's important also to know that while the organization has a culture, we focus on personal development. Each person has their own culture that they have. And as we go through this, I want you to think about that. In, in some cases, your organizational culture, your personal culture might conflict with other cultures. And as a result of that, it could be what we call bad chemistry or you just don't feel like you fit into that organization. But it's important to think about that because that could be some of the reason why you are feeling you are in a toxic environment and, and maybe it isn't toxic. So let's continue through the show and continue to identify what this toxicity is all about, learn a little bit more about these different ratings, and hopefully it will give us some insights. He goes on to say what we found after working with companies of almost all sizes is most organizational leaders are completely unaware or have no way to identify the quality of their culture in their workplace. In an effort to help change this, his team at LearnsLoft did research. They came up with five categories. Number one is toxic. Toxic is the lowest of the low. No one wants to work in a toxic culture. Evidence because only a small percentage of organizations last when they have a toxic culture. Organizations that do last typically have a revolutionary idea or technology to help them through. Toxic culture is evident by churn and burn mentality with employees. No sense of connection with team members. Toxic cultures make up 13, 11.3% of the companies researched. Level two, deficient companies. These are the two-star rated companies. Deficient is better than toxic, but by no means a great place to work and can be easy way to identify deficient culture by observing a workplace. You tell a drastic difference between an executive leader and a non-executive leader. They have separate offices, conference rooms, printers, lunchrooms, office spaces. While most would say this is normal because of traditional workplaces in the 90s, what it does build is physical or invisible walls between the team members and their ability connect to connect. Division cultures make up to 54% of the teams studied. Level three is common. Common culture is the second most popular culture, making up 23% or 23% of companies studied. 
The author likes to think of these cultures as those where the few carry the weight of many. Few top performers are all in, carry the organization about as far as it can go. Level four is advanced. Advanced is a big step up from common because you get into cultures wherein people seek out opportunities to be part of what's going on. There's always a direct connection between the work being done and the purpose of what the organization does in the world. Executive leaders proactively shape and mold the daily culture. It's weaved into all areas of the business, from hiring to employee development to constant communication. Advanced cultures make up 7.5%. Finally, elite cultures. These are the five stars, the best of the best. Elite cultures are the best of the best. These are the highly connected work environments from the C-suite to the lowest level of employees. In elite cultures, words and phrases are powerful and are used at the time to the point where they become habits. For example, Chick-fil-A, a restaurant here, you hear the employees say, my pleasure. A few additional characteristics include teams see a future working together. Other organizations look to mimic or copy its culture and they consistently exceed their growth targets. Elite cultures make up 5% of organizations studied. The takeaway, staying at the top will be the challenge. As turnover in founders or executive leaders begins to happen, continuing to stay connected to the organization's purpose and core values, core challenge, core values will be a challenge. So those are some ideas on the varying levels of an organization. Where you're working today, which one are you? Are they at? You're listening to my strategy. I'm your host, John M. Hawkins, coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Going to take a quick break, and we come back. We're going to talk about some steps to fix a broken company culture. We'll be right back. According to the American Nurses Association, there are approximately three and a half to four million nurses in the United States. So where do all these nurses work? What kind of roles do they have? What kind of education and training help to prepare them for so many different settings? What kind of impact do nurses have on patient outcomes? The World Health Organization has announced that 2020 will be the year of the nurse, honoring the 200th birth anniversary of Florence Nightingale, an international initiative called Nurse now is underway to raise the profile of nursing. The National Academy of Medicine has convened a committee to create the future of nursing 2020 to 2030 that will focus on how the nursing profession can create a culture of health, reduce health disparities, and improve the health and well-being of the U.S. population. Learn more and join Joyce Batchelor on All About Nursing Wednesdays from 7 to 8 p.m. Central Standard Time on the BBM Global Network. Mike Zorick, a three-time California state champion in Greco-Roman wrestling at 114 pounds. Mike, blind since birth, was born in Hartford, Connecticut. He was a six-time national placer, including two seconds, two-thirds, and two-fourths. He also won the veterans folk-style wrestling twice at 152 pounds. In all these tournaments, he was the only blind competitor. Nancy Zorick, a creative spirit whose talents have taken her to the stage and into galleries and exhibitions in several states. Her father, a commercial artist who shared his instruments with his daughter and helped her fine-tune her natural abilities, influenced her decision to follow in his footsteps. Ms. Zorick has enjoyed a fruitful career doing what she loves. Listen Saturday mornings at 12 Eastern for The Nancy and Mike Show for heartwarming stories and interesting talk on the BBC. BBM Global Network. Hello and welcome back, everyone. I'm John M. Hawkins. The show is my strategy. And we're coming to you live from 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, every Saturday. Well, welcome back if you're just joining us. Today we're talking about a toxic workplace culture. We've been talking about how culture is a huge problem in business, and many organizations are choosing to ignore it talking about the signs of bad company culture, talking about the research and data behind the toxic cultures. In fact, we just spoke about that in the last segment, talked about the different levels of toxic toxicity. Level one was completely toxic, and then level five was the best of the best, the elite, those that I like to think have the five-star ratings. In this segment, 
We've talked enough about toxicity and how bad it is. Let's focus a little bit on what we can do to fix a broken company culture. And keeping in mind that this show is all about personal development and personal strategy, you might say to yourself, it's not my problem that I work in an organization that has a toxic culture. And that is fair to say. It might not be. You might not have caused the problem. But as in with this show, we're always looking for tips, tricks, strategies that we can do to help improve our situation. So in understanding how one would go about fixing a broken company culture, a couple of things here, a couple of thoughts. Number one, we can provide that information and feedback to management and see if they are able to see if we are able to affect some sort of change. And if that doesn't happen, then we have enough information that we can go seek an organization that aligns better with our own culture. All right. I've got an article here by Harvey Duchendorf. Talks about the steps to fixing a broken company culture. Starts out by saying, while most organizations agree, at least publicly, that developing the right culture is important to their continued success, many don't have a handle on creating, maintaining, and especially fixing a culture that is broken when things are rotten in the state of the organization. It's much easier to blame, stick head, heads in the sand, pretend that everything is going well, apart from being unhealthy places to work. Toxic cultures are functioning far below the optimum level. Think of a poorly unmaintained, untuned vehicle that's being driven with the emergency brake on. One sure sign of a broken culture is that employee engagement is low. In fact, a Gallup poll study found that employees who are disengaged had 37% higher absenteeism, 49% more accidents, and 60% more errors in their jobs. Over time, this translated into 18% lower productivity, 16% lower profitability, 37% lower job growth, and 65% lower share price. Here are seven things that can be considered when rebuilding a company culture. First is management must openly acknowledge that the problem exists and honestly look for solutions. A broken culture can be the result of the direct, direct actions of managers or as a result of management management's hands-off approach that took little interest in the internal functioning of the organization and as a result allowed a toxic culture to develop. Either way, it happened on their watch. So the first step is for management to acknowledge things are not working well. Take their action to repair the situation. Number two is own their part in creating the situation and take the lead in fixing it. Whatever happened to create the broken environment, management needs to accept that they had a hand in the situation. They need to accept full responsibility for taking the lead and take the lead in cleaning up the mess. First step is to come up with a plan, timelines, and process. And it's no different than what we do on a weekly basis in terms of building the strategy and the plans, right? We need to have awareness. We need to assess the situation. We need to start to strategize and plan, implement the plan, and amend the plan. Next one is take the lead in sharing feelings in an honest and vulnerable way, which can sometimes be hard. But toxic workplace culture creates a great deal of mistrust, dishonesty, and lack of, vulner and lack of vulnerability. One of the ways to break the cycle and become open with honest communication happening is for leaders to set the tone what they would like to see happening. Some leaders may think that these honest feelings are a sign of weakness or the opposite effect is true. Create a safe environment for staff to come forward with issues and solutions. It is crucial that leaders set up an environment whereby staff feels they can speak freely about anything without fear of repercussion. This might take the form of encouraging staff to speak to someone on the leadership team with whom they trust or asking a, for a representative among them. Roll out the results and come up with a common vision. 
After all the venting and discussion has taken place, the leader can summarize the results and share them with people, with their people. While the opportunity to vent is important, it's crucial to give a voice and empower staff to have input on how they want to see their workplace in the future. Create a vision and steps for achieving it. The sooner the leaders come up with a plan after receiving the feedback, the better. Staff will be watching to see whether this is a real attempt at fixing the culture or a diversion to make it appear that management is really serious about it. Commit serious time and resources. Actions speak louder than words. And the staff will want to see how leadership is creating and maintaining a culture that we are interested in committing. Now, it says many, much of this will take a lot of time and effort. It's not going to happen overnight, which we know. But I can tell you that if you're in an organization that's toxic or it is, you know, one that is deficient, something is going to have to give. Either you are or the organization is. And so by being aware of what are some of the steps that an organization can go through, number one, it helps, gives us hope that there is a way to fix the culture. But number two, we also need to provide that feedback to our leaders. And then the leadership needs to take accountability. And actions speak louder than words. So we need to see them acting on those words. You're listening to My Strategy. I'm your host, John M. Hawkins, coming live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. We're going to take a quick break. and we come back, we're going to talk about some strategies to help build that better culture. We'll be right back. Global Glory, that's the work of Dr. Marina McLean, COO of Global Glory, whose calling is to serve God. A first-generation British-born Londoner of Jamaican descent, Dr. McLean inherited the hunger for the word from her father, who was a Bible teacher. Growing up, her home was filled with missionaries from the Caribbean islands and America, and she travels the world preaching the gospel. She has a Bachelor of Arts degree in theology and an honorary doctorate of divinity and Christian counseling from Friends International Christian University. Dr. McLean is also a songwriter and recording artist, and her songs are written during summits and conferences in the presence of God. She's recorded three worship albums to date and is in ministry for 28 years alongside her husband, Dr. Rennie McLean, who shares her passion. Visit www.globalglory.org or on Facebook at Global Glory. Call 866-244-5679 and feel the glory. America is out of control. Today's capitalism and the approach to money is in fact the symptom of a more widespread pattern of excessive behavior. In his book, The Culture of Excess, How America Lost Self-Control and Why We Need to Redefine Success, clinical psychologist Dr. Jay Slosar portrays an America where excess fuels the drive to succeed. Dr. Slosar examines the cultural factors that lead to excess ranging from obesity to fraud to pervasive budget deficits. His book examines the powerful economic and social factors and their impact on our psychological well-being. Dr. Slosar explores the psychological impact of increasing narcissism, perfectionism, self-destruction, and our identity confusion. He offers recommendations for helping Generation Me become Generation We. Those who resist Slosar's message will want to avoid his discussion of regulation and his recent message that at this point, democracy must be more important than today's capitalism. Get his book now online or by visiting thecultureofexcess.com. Hello and welcome back, everyone. I'm John M. Hawkins. This is my strategy. We're coming live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. If you're just joining us, we're talking today about toxic culture, talking about the toxic workplace culture, which is a huge problem in business. Right before the break, we talked through some steps to fix a broken culture. One of the takeaways for me was that management must be there to acknowledge the problem. And they must be the ones who show their actions rather than words. All right. In this segment, I want to talk about strategies to build a better culture. Now, if you're familiar with the show, in this segment, we talk about our systematic approach, five-step process, real simple. Five steps because I have five fingers on my on one hand, and it is easy for me to remember the steps anymore, and I would not remember them. 
five steps are number one awareness. What is it that we are trying to accomplish? What are our visions, goals? Line that with our core values. Number two is assess and analyze. Once we understand that there is awareness and there's a problem statement out there, what data do we need? What analysis can we do? Are we conflicted? What decisions need to be made? Things like that. Once we have a good understanding of the situation and are aware of it, we need to strategize and plan because some of the courses of actions you're working on could be taking time. And by not changing the courses of actions that you focus on, also known as strategies, you might not be able to achieve the results you need. So we want to figure out what are the next steps? What are the strategies we should be taking? What is the better course of action? What are some of the tactics, things we need to be doing? We then need to take and implement them. One thing to come up with a great plan, but if you don't implement it, it won't happen. And then finally, support and evaluation. How do we go about getting the support and help we need to be successful? Well, today we're talking about your toxic culture. Realize that this really might not be your toxic culture, but the organization that you are associated with or working for. To help us think a little bit more about how to fix it and strategize, I've got an article by Megan Butler. She talks about the toxicity and how it is pervasive in many organizations. And we just thought we learned in the prior segment how leadership sets the tone. And Megan provides some ideas on ways that we can tackle it. Now, it was probably very evident in the last segment that uh, leaders need to become accountable for it. But uh, once they become accountable, what is it they, that they need to do? And this is where we can help, right? If you're a member in an organization and you're not the leader, you don't have to take become accountable for it, but you might be responsible for providing some information or consulted or informed. So map out pain points. What is are the pain points that you are seeing in the organization? And from your own perspective, map those out, submit them, provide them, but those should be captured. Status, watch for people with tendencies to wield power and authority over others. Look out for people who disrespect others or undermine them. Certainty, look for those who use information as power. Hoarding critical information undermines team effectiveness and individual credibility. Autonomy, Identify individuals who are reluctant to determine and micromanage projects, which can lead to no personal agency or choice among the team. Relatedness. Look for cliques and ostracizing behaviors, which can lead to team members feeling like they don't belong or that they are replaceable. Fairness. Notice if decisions are made by leaders opaquely or subjectively. Without little input from the team members and no transparency in the process or rationale. Social dangers cause the same psychological stress responses as physical dangers. Offers Robin Ross, an executive coach with Optimize Your Leadership Coaching, the impact of working in a chronically stressful environment not only leads to poor teams, but can negatively impact the health of the employees. Ross suggests looking for both verbal and nonverbal behaviors to identify bullying in the workplace. The big thing here, the big takeaway that they suggest is restore psychological safety. And I, I cannot stress how important this is. You know, if you have interviewed, gotten the job, start working for it, you find out you're in a toxic culture, you are going to feel demoralized. You are going to feel beaten down. You are going to feel like a failure. And you are not a failure. And you should not feel beaten down. And it is not fair that you've been put in this situation. But this step here about restoring your psychological safety is so important. And I think that it is very important to seek outside help, talk to people, you know, realize that it's not what you are doing that is making you feel this way, but it is the culture, the organization. So always, 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 always seek outside help if you need it. Then they talk about some of the other things here, such as increase relatedness and build trust by creating opportunities from the team to learn from one another. 
establish group norms on how to deal productivity with conflict and disagreement. Circulate agendas prior to the meetings that focus on solutions and outcomes. Provide solution-based feedback to the team members regularly. Engage them in decision-making to ensure everyone's opinions are heard. Share information broadly and provide context on decisions and timelines around organizational change. Provide public recognition to employees for a job well done and celebrate team success. Seem pretty simple. Does your organization do that? The elite organizations do it. They say share the turnaround plan. Finally, take what is learned and map out the course correction plan. Share it with the team in detail every person's strengths and their role in improving the dynamics. Make it clear that they are valued and their talents complement those of their team members. Illustrate how there is a place for everyone on the team and make sure you schedule frequent check-ins to gauge progress and calibrate efforts. When a team gets caught up in a mess of social triggers, value, money, value, valuable time, money, and resources are lost, adds Brosec. But when employees are invited into the problem-solving process, they create a shared language and feel ownership of the outcome. All of which ultimately leads to increased morale and productivity. I think it's important to say here that, you know, we, we need to be responsible for our part in the toxic culture. And whether you are one of those people who is part of the reason for the toxicity or if you're somebody who is having to deal with it, it's not going to fix itself and it's important for us to understand what are some of those steps so that we can make it a little bit better. You're listening to My Strategy. I'm your host, John M. Hawkins, coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. When we come back, we're going to talk about how you can put your plan in place. We'll be right back. Certified professional coach Pamela Reeves can help you with your relationships. Motivational and image coaching are just some of the ways she can help you enhance all aspects of your life. Her book, Is It Love or Merely a Sick Attachment?, helps readers clearly distinguish healthy, loving relationships from toxic ones. Ms. Reeves has put her words into action through Ray of Hope Kenya, an international initiative that provides outreach to victims of abusive relationships there with the goal of helping them rebuild their lives and the tools to avoid abuse. Ms. Reeves operates various business interest through her umbrella network, Nella LLC, and credits her success to her diverse work experience. Whatever your goals, whether striking a balance, reinventing your image, or simply lifting your lifestyle, Pamela Reeves will help you achieve them. Your life, your call. Dial 410-902-5715 or email Pamela at pamrego one at verizon.net. She's also on the web at pamreeves.com and on Twitter at Pamela underscore Reeves. Escape from Hell, A Woman's Story is a passionate book that tells the true story of author Rhonda Knutson's journey through the darkness and adversity of abuse. The book takes readers on an emotional trail from the depths of despair to the heights of forgiveness and understanding. She was inspired to help others, and her book is a vital tool through this process. Faithful to God and devotional to her beacon of hope, Rhonda Knutson is a perfect example of finding a guiding light that helped her come through the dark and into the light. Her book can assist you in overcoming your challenges with abuse. The publication of Escape from Hell, A Woman's Story is a triumphant achievement, and it can help you take ownership of your own experience of abuse and come through stronger than before. Rhonda is currently working on two more books, Shadows of Corruption and Coast to Coast on a Piece of Toast. To read more about this inspiring author and purchase her books, visit RhondaKnutson.com or go to www.amazon.com. Hello and welcome back, everyone. I'm John M. Hawkins. The show is my strategy. We're coming to you live with the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Today we're talking about toxic culture. And in case you missed this broadcast, uh, you can listen on iHeartRadio or Apple iTunes. And if you'd like to have something covered on the show, send an email to talk at johnmhawkins.com. That's talk at johnmhawkins.com. Or give us a call at 844-MY-STRATEGY. That's 844-MY-STRATEGY. Today we've been talking about the toxic work culture. Toxic work culture is a huge problem in business. Unfortunately, many businesses are choosing 
to ignore it. There's many elements that define a toxic work culture. Some of them are ostracism, incivility, harassment, and bullying. We know there are ways to fix it, but it's important as stakeholders in the company to document, report, consult employee policies, find and seek an ally, and finally seek medical attention if needed. Toxic cultures can cause lots and lots of stress and other medical problems. There are some unmistakable signs of a bad company culture. In fact, you can find many of those signs before you ever start working for a toxic culture, a company with a toxic culture. Strange interview process, sense of boredom and unhappiness. Company believes perks are culture, little flexibility, messy office, too much competition, broken promises, no praise, everything's a one-way street, complete lack of respect, gossip, overworked and lack of communication. If you think that doesn't exist in the world or are unaware of it, it does because we then learned about the five levels. Think of them as a star rating. Level one is a one star and level five is five star on the top. Level one are toxic cultures. No one wants a toxic culture. Level two or the two stars are deficient. Better than toxic, but not the best place to work. Level three is the common, the three stars, and they're most common, making up to 23% of the organizations. Level four or four stars are advanced. It's a big up from common, but there still are opportunities. And the elite, the best of the best, the five-star cultures are level five, highly connected from top to bottom. What type of culture does your company have? We talked about the steps to fix the broken culture. Management must openly acknowledge the problem and honestly look for solutions. They must own their part in creating a good situation, create a safe environment for staff to come forward with issues, roll out results, come up with a vision, create a vision and plans to achieve it. They must commit serious time and resources. If you're in an organization and it is at a toxic culture and they are not taking those steps I encourage you to document and bring those concerns forward. And as always, it's important to seriously, you know, to be aware of those habits and patterns and consciously prioritize our time so that we can make change. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. I appreciate you. Take care and we'll see you next time. This has been My Strategy with your host, John M. Hawkins. Listen each week as John reminds us that just like elite athletes get to the top of their sport with the help of their coaches, he is here to help you achieve your highest goals possible. Here each week on My Strategy. You've been listening to the BBM Global Network. The ideas, views, and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas, views, and opinions of the BBM Global Network Company. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.